Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Today's adventure takes it to St. Louis. We're going to talk about a new unique topic to this industry, which is the chance to reinvent yourself. So many of us stay in the same role and don't really branch out. And what's it like to strike out on your own? It's sometimes awesome, sometimes challenging. And here to tell us all about it is the the president, owner, top dog, uh, all-around guru from Synergy Entertainment Marketing, Cindy Underwood-Olshack. Hi, Cindy. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing great, great, great. And, and thank you for making the time. You've been on our list of, of guests uh, uh, for such a long time. We're glad to finally get you on. But let's let's jump right into it because uh, I think what you're doing, uh, a lot of people have thought about doing, right? Uh, and, and a lot of us uh, haven't had the courage to do it. So what's it like? Because uh, I think you've been doing it for, what, about 15 years now uh, with your own company. Talk to us about everything we should know about striking out on your own, reinventing yourself and synergy entertainment marketing. Uh, well, you make it sound so much more glamorous and amazing <laughs> than it is. Um, I think uh, I think what happens is, I wouldn't say I get bored, but sometimes you just need a new challenge. And I also feel like sometimes you need to be at, I guess, an age, in an age where sometimes you're just like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. And, or I want to adventure out on my own and, and make things happen for myself versus being told you need to work on this show. Or, you know, we all have been there where a show, new show comes into town and they're like, this is going to be great. And you're like, it's going to be a turd in the principal guys yep, we all know yep. it no one's gonna <laughs> say it but we all know it great in quotes yeah air quotes but uh, you know i think what's been a, the most exciting thing is is to be able to work with people that i want to work with and that i find interesting and i find challenging and that's that's kind of the best part of it all so let's talk about where you guys are at today, right? So where, what, what is, I, and you guys just finished working on something with uh, with music at the intersection. This was a big project for you. Yes, uh, for the past couple of years, I was working on a uh, music festival that was just started in St. Louis. And it's basically two days in September, um, 50 bands, uh, four stages, an outdoor music festival that really celebrated the music in St. Louis. And what's not known, and I don't think what happens a lot in St. Louis is we don't celebrate ourselves. Like we're we're a little more shy and timid, and you know we have some really cool stuff here. And St. Louisans typically don't like to tout on themselves and say how cool it is. But we have amazing artists that come out of St. Louis, and so this music festival was put into place to celebrate those musicians. 
and it's a great event. Um, and I think, you know, my reasoning for departing this year is, um, I kind of took a step back in 2023 and was like, what, what do I want 2023 to be for me? Like, I always feel like we are so ingrained in how do I help this promoter? How do I help this show? How do I help this artist? How do I help family members? How do I help friends? And the last thing, and especially for women, I mean, you guys have it a little bit, but women 100% are all about how can I help others? And we put ourselves on the back burner. And I think this year kind of made me go into it saying, how can I take what I'm passionate about and what am I most excited about on a daily basis and and put it to good use and and make myself more of the priority versus everything else. And I stepped back with the festival and was like, you know, this is great. And it's going to be an amazing event for St. Louis. But I think I want to go out and, and do something that I'm more passionate about. And that's kind of my word for 2023 is passion, like myself and passion. Like how, how can I take what I like, take what I like to do. And, you know, they, the saying is so true of find and do what you're passionate about and you'll never work a day in your life. So now I'm, I'm on that adventure and I'm on that plan. What is that you ask? Um, not hundred percent sure. It's only February. February eighth. We got time. We got time. That takes it takes some real courage to do that, though. It does. And and again, I I always put the asterisk when I tell people. And even when I left, um, I worked for Scott Straits at well, it's not Enterprise Center for thirteen years. And when I left in two thousand six, it was one of those things where. I had, I have a husband that has a great job and is so supportive of everything that I do. Shout out Rick. That made it very easy. Yes. Shout out to Rick. Um, <laughs> and uh, he he's amazing and is always like, if you are not happy, I mean, he fully subscribes to the, you know, happy wife, happy life theory. And he is there to support me 100%. So I will say I am very lucky and blessed that I have the support of a spouse that um, wants me to go out and do these amazing things and support it any way I can. So that affords me to be able to to go out and find what's the next thing. What's my passion for the next the next chapter? We all have chapters. Were there specific moments where you had this, I don't know if it would be like an aha moment, both maybe in that time where you, when you left the venue, but also just recently with walking or, you know, leaving the, the festival, because I think you, you hit on it perfectly. Sometimes we are so deep in the trenches, right? You know, we're, we are focused on just, uh, you know, getting that bucket and, and pouring water out as fast as it's coming in. And <laughs> often it's coming in a lot faster than we can bucket it out. And so it's hard for us to look back and say, oh, my God, we're in the middle of the ocean or, you know, this is not the direction I'm heading. And I I mean, speaking even for myself, you know, in in my previous gig and being there for 12 years, it's like in some aspects, it felt like a large chunk of time. And other times it's like you blink 
And then, oh my God, 12 years later, and there's things you maybe wish you would have done or focused on some during that time. And so I think uh, maybe fortunately, unfortunately, I had a little bit of that forced upon me with the pandemic of taking that step back. But with yours, like, did you have some sort of moment or some sort of thing that kind of brought about that, that realization? There's a lot of factors that kind of come to that um, realization. It, you know, it's definitely true. I feel like a lot of times the boat has a hole in the bottom and you're constantly trying to, to keep it afloat. And I think, you know, kind of the things that made me go, Ooh, I, I think I need to make a change is I just wasn't happy. And I didn't like the person that I was feeling I was becoming and not being happy and quite honestly, becoming very jaded. I think a lot of times we all get so jaded. We've all felt on, that. We've all felt that. Oh, I mean, so bad. And sometimes you can snap yourself out of it and go, come on. Like, you know, there's worse things you could be doing in your life besides, you know, working with great artists and shows and, and great people. But I think for me, it got to a point where I was like, life is way too short. You know, I have a lot of friends. I don't say a lot of friends, but I have several friends that have gone through cancer treatments. You know, I've lost some friends to cancer in the last few years. And I think it it kind of gives you that wake up call that you're like, hmm, what, what do you want this again, not to use the chapter analogy over and over, but what is this next chapter going to be? And what do I want it to be about? And you know, I have a 14 year old son that I want to be an amazing example for. So if I'm not happy, you know, kids are smart, they see it, they know when you're not happy, they see through it. And I just want to be the best mom and the best wife and friend and colleague that I can be. And what do I need to do to make that happen? So um, I think a lot of it is talking with friends, talking with professionals in that field of you know, how do you make yourself, you know, more, you know, of a priority to yourself? So I hope that answers your question. Hey, very much. No, I think that's that exactly, yeah. you know, well, let's just keep, you know, keep it here focused on what we're talking about. But, you know, almost what, 16 years ago, you're at the arena right. and, and you decide to make that change. Let's get into the weeds. What were the, what was that decision like? And those and what were those early days like, like that first day that you're out on your own? Well, I was fortunate in that I had another gig lined up before I made that leap to go out on my own, uh, to throw out a name that has been in the, our arena worlds for a long time, Joe Gold, former Fells, uh, Ringling, Disney uh, promoter. He had reached out to me. He was working on a event uh, called Body Worlds. And so he had reached out and said, hey, we're, we're bringing it to St. Louis. I need a strong marketer. We've worked with you for a long time. You know, would you be interested? And I was like, you know, funny that you call at this perfect time. I mean, I, the big thing in our family, um, the big saying is meant to be. And I always, I'm always saying if it's meant to be, it will be. And I was thinking about leaving the building. Um, we had gone through an ownership change, um, newly married, uh, was wanting to start a family and just didn't see where that would fit with 
the arena lifestyle that I wanted. I mean, it works for some, but for me personally, I was like, I, I just don't know if this is going to be how I want to, to start that next chapter. And so he had called and I was like, oh, the, the timing is, is perfect. Um, again, had an amazing supportive uh, new husband that was like, let's do it and go for it. And so I was able to make that leap pretty easily by moving on to another event. And then after that, just having all those contacts, you know, with all the different touring shows. So worked with Sesame Street Live, worked with the Wiggles, doing independent promoting, and then did a short stint with uh, DreamWorks with How to Train Your Dragon with that show. And it just kind of rolled into using relationships. I mean, we all have them. We, we all have those relationships over years and years. And just, it just was an easy flow. Just when one project would end, something else would come up. So I was very fortunate in that. But also I worked really hard to keep those relationships and have that standard that if you hired me, you were going to have a great experience and have someone that knows what they're doing and is going to care about your product as much as you do. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, the, the words of advice that I always give to people when they're thinking of going out and doing their own thing is, you know, those relationships are key and keep up that standard that you've had and that your reputation is everything. Um, and from one job to the next, that's, the best thing like word of mouth is huge in our industry so keeping that um good reputation is is kind of what it's always been so like even specifically with like the wiggles right uh it was a four-year run of, of working with them and what was it like to go from you know promoting in a city that you knew really well to all of a sudden promoting the you know the usa tour everywhere from you know albuquerque to la to miami yeah, it was um, it was actually kind of exciting because, again, I was able to use a lot of those relationships from EAMC that like I knew people from those markets just from going to the conference. And then now I get to work with them on a show, which was kind of exciting. So I think, you know, every city is different. In, in the sense of, you know, marketing and how you reach your audience. But at the same time, it's not. Like a lot of the same tools are in the toolbox. But it def I, I loved it. It was, it's so fun. You know, St. Louis is just a small little fishbowl. And, you know, I've been born and raised here, so I know the market. So it was just kind of exciting to work in other cities and other venues. Yeah, and, and whole different kinds of events, right? Like you got to work uh, with the uh, Vancouver Olympics Committee. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I mean, my husband always jokes. He's like, uh, I think our son was 17 months old when I took that <laughs> gig and I lived in, I had to go to live in Vancouver for like 39 days. And wow. what a city I though. Left, what a city to have to live in. I mean, twist my arm, but it was, it was crazy. It was hot. It was hard, but it was exciting in that, you know, I left and he had, my son Cameron had just taken his first steps like the week I left. And then when I got home, he was full on sprinting running. So oh, it was a lot had happened, but also for me professionally and to be able to work with the Olympics, it was, 
you know, it was an opportunity. I just, I was like, I can't pass that up. Like you're, we're not going to get, I'm not going to get that. So it was exciting. It was exciting and loved every minute. Also, it was a little bit of an advantage. I remember when we were up there for the conference because oh, yeah. I had met you, I think my first EAMC <laughs> or first couple uh, Chicago and Indianapolis and knew you, but then we were on team building together. I remember in Vancouver and Cindy knew like where, she, oh, I know where this is. I know where this is. And I'm like, how do you know this? You're in St. Louis. She's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. They built this torch for the Olympics. They built this for this. I know where all the, it's like you would live there for a month. So you kind of kind of knew your lay of the land. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally was like a ringer on our team. So I was like, oh, I know this. And cause a lot <laughs> of them were questions about the Olympics. And I was like, we don't even have to go anywhere. I can just tell you all these answers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, other highlights. Uh, am I right that you were involved with a with a papal visit? I was. That is one of the highlights. I mean, we all have the highlights of working for a venue, and that was one of. I think when people ask, "Oh, when you worked at the venue, what were some of your favorite events?" And by far, that was one of my most amazing events because they don't happen too often and it it just was a great opportunity to work with you know the secret service work with the vatican um i will say that the vatican press are crazy evil <laughs> they're insane <laughs> um pushy you know we're not speaking english like just push you around but it was it was fun it was fun it was a great event. Tell me about your run, you know, because I know there was about five years where you were kind of uh, through contract working with uh, Emory Entertainment. For, for folks yeah. who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Emory Entertainment, um, it's it's here locally. Um, and we worked on a couple of off-Broadway shows, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus Live. Um, and that's where it was so fun to take my arena knowledge and then scaling it to a theater. And that was, I feel like before a lot of arenas and theaters started like joining hands or theaters were partnering with arenas. So it was kind of fun to, to see, okay, you market things in an arena. How do you market it in theater? How does, how is theater different? So that was a lot of fun. And again, having those contacts, in other cities, because I mean, we went all over the US. And I know, I worked with Paul. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> bringing those shows in. And that's where like leaning on, like as an example, like working with Paul, I was like, oh, we're going there. Okay, got it. All right, Paul's there. He's going to do all this. Like, I don't have to worry about it. I know it's going to be a great show. And I know <laughs> he has the knowledge. So I can just be like, Okay, now I can go work on the market. I remember our team had like that initial call and I wasn't on it because I was, I don't know what I was doing, but uh, they were like, oh, we had the call um, with the promoter for this, Emory Entertainment. And I like, I hadn't put any of it together. And then they were like, um, she said that she knows you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, who's that? And then they're like, um, uh, uh, Cindy said, I was like, ah, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was on like every call going forward. I was like, hey, Cindy. Yes, yeah, don't blow me off. <laughs> Get on that call. <laughs> if not, I'm texting you. I know what you're doing. 
That's right. <laughs> so many, you know, so many successes and so many fun adventures over the years, you know, doing your doing your own thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not always easy. Right. There are some tough times. There are some things when it times when it doesn't work. And and how much of that do you internalize? Because there are times when God, you talk about those those shows that we know when we're working on a dog show, we still feel bad about it for some reason on our own. Right. So so talking about yeah. about some of the, the tough things about about kind of doing your own thing. I think the toughest thing is the fact that you don't have that office camaraderie or you don't have those peers in your office that you can be like, you know, I'm struggling on the show. Let's brainstorm. Um, I mean, you can certainly create those by your network of friends in the business that you can be texting and calling and stuff, but it's not the same as just like walking down the hall and saying, ah, okay, let's lament group sales on why is this not selling? What can we do? How can we make this happen? Um, when you were going into a venue that you didn't know everyone or your only contact was the marketing person, you know, sometimes those opportunities did not present themselves where the marketers like, oh, oh, I didn't even think about like group sales. It's like, how can you not think about marketing? Um, you know, I think... That's a hard part. And then 110,000% the internalizing and that if a show does not go well or sell well or it's not working, I am like, I take it 100% on my shoulders. Like, I feel like if a ticket doesn't sell or it doesn't sell as well, I'm like, ah, marketing sucks. It was totally me. Like, right, I hate that. <laughs> and I hate, and I, and it, it pisses me off so bad because I'm like, it's not always, me it's like it's whether no, it's, it's always booking yeah it's, it's always booking always booking <laughs> but they always say it's marketing let's be real <laughs> of course of course uh yeah when booking's like i mean it's all about relationships it's like really i never knew that it was all about relationships <laughs> enlightening me and mansplaining that to me thank you <laughs> but i think i think that's like the hardest part is like shaking that off and, and having the confidence because um, you don't have a boss. I mean, yeah, your boss is, you know, the promoter, whomever you're working for, but you don't have that boss to stand next to you and defend what you're doing and, and back you and give you that confidence boost. Um, that's the biggest thing. When I left um, the arena, Joanne Miles, who, you know, I, I always tease to this day that like, I'm like, you raised me. Like, Yes, my mom and dad raised me, but you really raised me because you hired me fresh out of college and and really formed me and and gave me a lot of the tools that I needed to become a successful marketer. And so I do miss having her in my corner always saying, Yes, you're doing, you know, you're 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 right, or standing by me or having that, that person to like throw those ideas off of or you know talk about you know what are the next steps why isn't a show selling what can we do let's brainstorm so I think that's the hardest part for me at least is not having that person above to to really give you that confidence boost that you need because you do need that I think yeah. a lot of people need it do you just have to get it elsewhere or try to intern like get it out of your head and have your pep talks you need a hype girl you got to have a hype girl. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Hey, let's let's take you back 
to the summer of 1993, cool. right? You're working at you're working at, at Six Flags, <laughs> uh, doing some promotion yes. stuff there. What do yes. you still use today that you learned in in that summer? That that summer when you're you're first getting that real job experience. Uh, Put sunscreen on. I always wear sunscreen. Um, <laughs> have comfortable shoes. Um, shoes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is honestly working with multiple departments because in promotions you had to work with you know the show side the you know operations side um, maintenance if you needed that like ticketing parking you know like you had to work with all those departments so I think that's the key is and one thing that I feel like I'm most proud of professionally is I feel like you know, in most cases, I can work with any department and I can empathize. Like you got to empathize with all the departments and and understand that everybody is in it together and you're not working against each other. And yes, you have a goal to accomplish, but I have a goal to accomplish. Like, how do we make this happen? So I think, you know, working in a theme park definitely got me a good start on that and that I've tried to carry through to this day. From there, you know, you spent, you know, you, we talk about your time at the arena, but, you know, 13 years, right? Where uh, it's it's now, I don't know, what is it now? Uh, is it Enterprise Center or Scott it's Trade? Enterprise Center now, yeah. Enterprise Center now, before that, Scott Trade, before that, what, Savas and Keel? Savas Center, Keel Center. I, I renamed that building three times before I left. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. How much you, that's quite, I mean, by the time you got to the, the third rename, right? Were you had it down pretty well? Oh yeah, totally. I had a post-it. I remember I'd always put a post-it on my phone with the name of the building, like right after we named it. So like you'd answer the phone, like, uh, oh yeah, I have the name of the building today. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think you definitely have your playbook. I feel like back then, building names weren't renamed as often. I mean, it's either it's it's stuck with the name or, you know, it might have happened once or so. But now I feel like building names are happening every couple of years. So other than the camaraderie, is there anything you miss about the arena business? Um, I mean, I kind of miss like being in the middle of like, oh, this big show or that big show. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's kind of like I've worked with so many big shows and like I have a big board that's got every backstage pass I've ever had on it. And it sits across my desk now and it's just kind of fun sometimes to stop and look and go, wow, I worked with, you know, everyone from Michael Buble to Kenny Chesney to, you know, the Eagles and Rolling Stones and you too. And, you know, I mean, there's like every big name on that board. And it's like, okay, like, I feel like I've had a pretty good run. And it's not over. Let's say it's over. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never it is an interesting perspective, though, when you like step away, because I remember that's a question I get a lot not working on the arena side anymore is people ask that say, Oh, do you miss the and I'm like, listen, if I like there's some things I miss, there's some things I don't. There's a lot of things I don't, but uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> to be frank. Um yeah. but uh 
one thing that I always tell people is I'm like, listen, if I don't ever attend a concert the rest of my life, I have seen so many amazing shows and so many yeah. amazing artists live. Like I am so fortunate that I will have seen more events than anyone else normally would in their life if I don't oh, ever yeah. see another one again. So it's like if I never go back to working in an arena, I still feel like I have fully experienced that and I don't feel like I've left anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's like the no regrets. Like you need to see, you know, I can I can honestly say I'm like I've seen a lot of great shows. And now when you go to shows, I feel like I've well, I still have this issue, but at a certain point you're you're sitting down at a show and you're like, oh, what's going on over there? Why are they set up this way? Oh, this is gonna happen. Da da da. Like totally. you know, I remember we were sitting at the Justin Timberlake show with my family and he was going, it was late. Like he wasn't going on stage, wasn't going on stage. And everyone's like, why, why, why? And I looked, I was looking and I was like, oh, the Tennessee basketball, it's playoffs. Like he's not going on until after Tennessee either wins or loses this game. Like it's, it's the facts guys. That's just it. Was like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He weren't, this show's not delayed because of the game. I'm like, Trust me. He's definitely on his bus right now watching the game. (laughs) Yeah. And literally the minute the last, the buzzer rang, like two minutes later, he was on stage. And I'm like, killed Jeff. (laughs) So it's it's kind of a fun party trick with friends that are not in the business. Yeah, for um, sure. To to play that game of like, I don't know why they're not on stage. So I, I do enjoy going to shows now. I feel like I can kind of relax into it and, especially smaller venues. I mean, I think that's, that's really kind of my jam versus going to, to big arena shows. Um, so, although I will say I am going to Janet Jackson because, you know, born and raised Ms. in the 80s. Miss Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. No. Yeah. Exactly. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm dragging my husband. I'm like, come on, we're going. That'll be fun. That'll be a good night. I know. You gotta wear the Rhythm Nation outfit. Yes. <laughs> you got the dance moves. You were kind of uh, obviously built quite the legacy there in, in St. Louis. What is it What is it you love so much about St. Louis? Well, all my family is here, born and raised here. And it's a great town. Like, it's a great city to raise your family, even though, I mean, and I feel like every city is on this list of, like, dangerous and gun violence. And, I mean, don't get me started on schools and gun violence yep. but i think every city has that issue st louis i think gets a bad rap for that a lot of times but it's just it's just a great town and that's the thing st louis we don't like to brag about ourselves like we've got some pretty cool stuff here like we have the arch we have a, a zoo that's free that will i will put it up against any zoo in the world and we kick butt and forest park it's i mean central park was like formed around the activities around Forest Park. So, I mean, New York copied off St. Louis. So, um, but it's just, it's a great town and we're fun people. Plus you get to escape. We yeah. have to talk about your, uh, your little vacation home. Yes. Uh, yeah. During COVID, a, a beach house was purchased by my parents and we uh, spent a lot of time in the Ponte Vedra Beach, St. Augustine, Jacksonville area. So yeah, I, any chance I get, 
I try to escape with or without my husband and son, which they don't <laughs> like very much. But usually when we go, I somehow figure out a way to extend my stay a week or two longer and they come home. But the beach is is my happy place. There's nothing there's nothing like four o'clock, four thirty in the afternoon sitting out on the deck with a cocktail and watching the pelicans fly over and listening Amen. to it. Like that's if I could do that every day, uh, I I've done something right. Well, you've done a lot of things right. So before we wrap things up, what advice do you have for somebody who's listening today who is maybe thinking about, you know, what making that career change, whether it's just, you know, something new, uh, you know, a, a refresh, just turning that next chapter. What what words of wisdom do you have? Um, I think my primary words of wisdom is it's okay. You can do it. Like, yeah, there you're going to miss some things and I feel like a lot of times we get caught up with our job being our identity. And I think, especially in our business, I mean, that is a big identity crisis that could be had. It's like, oh my gosh, if I don't work at this building or if I don't work at this venue or, or if I don't work at this show, like nobody will know me or what, 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 who will I be? It's like, well, you're going to be yourself. You're still going to be you. You're still going to have, you know, this amazing life and you're still going to have these amazing opportunities come your way. It's just a different path. So um, I think if you're contemplating it or, 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 or wanting to make that change, it's like, you know, do what's right for you. And if it makes sense for you and, and just jump in, do it. Like, I, I think everybody can, can make that change and, and be successful because at the end of the day, it's all about what you make of it. So you can only be a part of your success. So you're the only one that can make yourself successful. If that's in there, then you can do it. I love so that. Go do it. Uh, yeah. Go do it. Go do is it. there anything, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently along the way? Or, or something that you maybe wish you would have done more of or something, you know, ha- looking back, you know, if someone's trying to take that leap you did, is there any pitfalls yeah. that you think they should avoid? Um, I think for everyone, it's a little different. Everybody's got their different pitfalls and what they need to be internally and, and to be successful. One thing I wish I would have done, like, man, because it just wasn't a thing. It's taking more pictures. Like now it's easier because it's on your phone and stuff. But back in the day. In the 90s, not so simple. No, yeah. no. I was planning out. I've been on this big purge. That's one big thing I've been doing in January is just purging everything. And I found like a camera in a drawer. And I was like, what? And I pulled I pulled out the SIM card. Oh, uh, what is it on? Mystery. I know. <laughs> Mystery SIM card. <laughs> You know, it's going to be yeah. like blurry photos your son took of like the back of his hand or something, but it's like uh, in your mind, you're like, hope, it could be everything. Let's <laughs> hope it's that simple. I don't know. What <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm super, actually kind of super excited to see what's on there. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, like I, I wish I would have like jumped in more in the photo shots. Because again, I was always the one taking them and I'm like, oh yeah, I was standing right there with 
Billy Joel and Elton John. Like, eh, I was standing there. It was me. I was behind yeah. the camera though. Um, and I'm like, dang it. Why didn't I just go, wait, hold on. One more. <laughs> you know, there was no <laughs> selfie back in the day. So, but I mean, in seriousness, I think my biggest thing is just having more of those relationships and keeping them more solid. Like I feel like a lot of times people lose connection and you go separate ways and you know, you're always like, Oh, let's stay in touch or let's do happy hour. Let's, let's get together. And I don't think we do it enough. So I was reading something or, you know, Paul, you know, I love podcasts. So uh, I was listening to a podcast. This one uh, particularly. (laughs) Oh, I mean, this is my favorite. (laughs) um, Someone had said, you know, just, you know, to stay connected to people, just sending a quick text, just like a random like, hey, to just people you don't talk to all the time. Like your texts have ones that you talk to people constantly. but pulling in contacts and people that you haven't talked to in forever just a simple like hey I'm just thinking of you or what's happening or how how's life because you never know that could lead to a job or it could lead to another connection or it could just lead to just reconnecting with people so um that's another thing I've been doing as of late actually I've been sending just random texts to people sometimes they text back sometimes it's like who is this um, <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. So yeah, I think it's just keeping those connections fresh and you can never have too many friends, too many relationships out there. I think you just, you just have to keep them, keep them fresh and not depend on somebody else to be the one to do that. Be that person. Totally agree. That's actually one of my goals for this year as well. Is that reconnecting? I think it's so important. We- I look forward to your text. Yeah, there you go. I'll look, I was going to say, <laughs> right back at you. Hey, uh, we're going to hit you with our fast five, five quick questions. Just looking for your, your instant brief response. First up, what was your very first concert? Ooh, um, Mr. Mr. It was at Six Flags, coincidentally, randomly, I guess serendipitously, where I worked later in life. How about your favorite concert? Hmm. You know what? I don't know if it was a combination of it's the first show I saw after leaving the building or if it just was a damn good show, which I think it's just a damn good show, was the police when they oh. had their reunion tour. Oh, my God. Awesome. Amazing. Jealous. Amazing show. Yeah. How about your favorite place to go eat in St. Louis? Mm. Uh, I'm a little biased. I have friends that own a restaurant. It's called Olive and Oak. It's an amazing restaurant here in St. Louis, and it's walking distance to my house. So I would say that's probably my favorite. Bonus, what do, what, what do you get there? What do I get there? Um, well, the chef is an amazing, she she knows that I love, I, I'm vegetarian, so she always makes this amazing, um, like, it's kind of like a cauliflower mix. It's, oh, it's so good. It's my favorite. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite mixed drink? Because you were kind of our go-to mixed drink expert. I mean, I should have, I thought of earlier, I was like, I should have had the shakers going, like with the mixing up a cocktail. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's going to make me sad because I, I don't do dry January. I do dry February because it's the shorter month. So I'm in, I'm in the dry February right now. So this is going to really make me want to have a cocktail. 
Um, I mean, I I love like a dark and stormy. Yeah. Like beer and then you know that's yeah, quite yummy. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like super sweet drinks. I'm I'm you know, or a good Guinness. Yummy. That's not a mixed drink, but ooh. I need a drink now. That sounds good. I know. I know. Uh, you guys are going to pitch me off the wagon. Dry February. What, last question. What is your theme song? So there's a TV show. Cameras follow you around everywhere you go. They uh, they make a little story about your life. What's the song that plays over the opening credits? Oh, my Lord. Wow. Whew. that on me. I have a recommendation. I like big butts, but I can't. <laughs> oh, oh, you have a recommendation? Yeah. What about K Sarah? Like you said, uh, oh, you know, whatever maybe, maybe. That's kind of that your motto. So Sarah, Sarah. That is so deep. There you go. We'll go with. <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that one. I think that'll I like work. it. We can always switch it up for season two. Season two. Season two. Yeah. <laughs> I need a new theme song. I need someone to write me a theme song, please. Yes, absolutely. Something unique just for you. Hey, uh, before we let you go, any plugs you want to give? How can people find you uh, or get in touch with you? I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I do love TikTok. I mean, it's all TikTok. He gets my random TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I mean, actually, you can, you'll find me at the conference this year in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll hold court at the bar. Come see me. We're going to hold you to that. We look forward. It's been a long time. You better time, hope that she lands on your team building team. She's a she's a ringer in any city. <laughs> I'm a little competitive. No, just a little bit. Hey, Cindy, thank you so much for making the time. We really uh, enjoyed talking with you yeah. and, and hearing about you. And, and best of luck on your, whatever the next chapter holds. Oh, thank you guys so much. I love you guys so much. You're my brothers from another mother's. <laughs> A big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews because it helps other people find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cindy, save some of those uh, beach chairs for us, all right? Adventures in Venueland is a side project of the Event and Arena Marketing Conference, a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest Booking and Brand Strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest Research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing Strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.